This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. Happy New Year. We are back. It's 2015 and this is still We Are Going Up. I'm Mark Crossley. Hello. If you are a brand new listener and you've only just discovered us, this is a man you'll soon become familiar with. David Cameron Walker is here. Hello. Happy New Year, DC. Was it a good festive period? you. It was a lovely festive period, Lots yes. of food, lots of booze, lots of football. Too much of all of the above. Okay, excellent. Um, I guess we should kind of start immediately uh, by thanking everyone who's got in touch about the documentary Football and the Great War, yeah. uh, which we released just before Christmas. We've had loads of nice emails and tweets about it. And um, it was a bit of an education putting that together, wasn't it? it certainly was. And I hope it was for the people that listened to it as well. Uh, lots of the stuff, kind of the reason that we wanted to do it is because we were all aware of of most of the stuff around the, the Christmas Day truce and a lot of a lot of programming stuff in the papers and, and features around that. But you know, there was so much more to football and the First World War than than just that, as important as that was. And we certainly learned a lot about that during the process of putting together the documentary and and yeah thanks very much for you know what was almost universally a lot of positive comments I think certainly was my favourite tweet did say you've come a very long way from the Alan Johnston pay trophy (laughs) (laughs) was what I particularly enjoyed a big thank you then uh, quickly to the following people uh, Steve Jenkins Mark Metcalf Simon Bowen the uh, the FA Stuart Locke and uh, the guys at Millwall, Dave Yates, Carol Swords, Hannah Thomas at Pitsanger Manor, uh, Jessica Allen Millbank, Brazen PR, Alex Jackson, National Football Museum, Bob Gamble, who was on Football Focus actually a few days after we uh, interviewed him, and the Royal British Legion as well. Ollie really helped us out in putting that if together. If any of those people are listening, hats off to them. Then <laughs> it's been a success. <laughs> we are going up.co.uk is where you can listen if you haven't listened yet. And if you go back on this podcast feed on iTunes, you'll find it there. Now, in 2015, we want to be able to carry on doing things like that and donating the time and resources in making documentaries like that. But basically, this is podcasting. We cannot do it without your help. Now, you can help us out in one of three ways. This is going to be very quick before we get into the meat of the show. I promise you. DC, what is the first way that people can help us out? Help us out by helping you out as well. Well, yeah, absolutely. Go to audible.co.uk slash going up. That's audible.co.uk slash going up and sign up for a free 30-day trial where you can download any audiobook from hundreds of thousands, from every book that's ever been made, any <laughs> audiobook you want for nothing, completely free. And you can also cancel before the trial ends and still keep your audiobook. So if you want a free audiobook, you sign up, 30 days, just cancel it before it's over. You've got a free book on us. And what's the URL again? It is audible.co.uk slash going up. OK, that's the first way. The second way is by going to wearegoingup.co.uk. And on the slider at the top where all the pictures are sort of uh, flick over, you'll see a big Paddy Power sign. If you click on that and sign up there, you will get a 20 quid free bet with Paddy Power if you bet a fiver. That's it, wearegoingup.co.uk. Click on the Paddy Power banner. And the link is also down at the bottom as well. And DC, finally, the third way that people can help us out. For the nostalgists out there, (laughs) you can sign up for a free month for the football pools right now. You can. You can win huge cash prizes for correctly identifying eight out of ten results from this weekend's games. I did that. I did. I literally did, did that this weekend. Why Twice. You do, why you Saturday do, and Sunday. You, both times I did eight out of ten. You didn't do it on the football pool. I should have done it on the football pool. We'd be a rich why man. Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> to find out more and sign up, just go to wearegoingup.co.uk and click on the football pools at the bottom of the homepage. That's how you do it. We will love you forever if you do one of those three things. And, boring nerd alert, just something else to mention at the start of the year, um, we're going to be changing podcast providers in the next week or so, uh, which basically means you might have some old episodes re-downloaded to your feed. It's sort of out of our control, but you might want to listen to them again anyway. Yeah, why so not? Why not? All helps. Uh, so prepare for, a, football league memory yeah, prepare for a little bit of gremlins in the system. Okay. After all that, I think we're ready. It's a bit weird this week. You're through the glass again, mm. like we were at the start of the season. Uh, back in the broom cupboard this week, but we've got all the reactions to the festive action coming up. Uh, we've got text rows, players being sacked for Snapchatting, uh, cup upsets, all sorts going on. Plus, um, maybe a special musical treat later, if you're mm-hmm. lucky. You've had a sneak preview before the show. Uh, we're also going to be joined on the phone by Sheffield United fan and blogger Ian Rands, who runs the site United View on Football. That's after the latest bit of Blades Cup Magic, a 3-0 win at QPR on Sunday in the FA Cup third round, which means... That was one of my eight results I got right. Was it? Which means oh, yeah. they've now knocked out five Premier League sides in cup competitions in just over a year, and they've still got the Capital One Cup semi-final against Spurs to come. Uh, but before that, we're going to start at Caro Road, where it was announced on Monday afternoon, uh, so earlier on today as we're recording this, that Neil Adams has decided to step down as manager of Norwich City just nine months after taking charge 
Uh, the club he was, of course, unable to save them from relegation from the Premier League last season. And he leaves the Canaries seventh in the championship, just three points outside the playoff spots. His last game in charge was that 2-0 FA Cup loss at League One Preston at the weekend. And overall, he won just 11 out of 32 games in charge of Norwich. So who do they appoint next? Well, on the line right now to hopefully tell us a little bit more is Michael Bailey, who's a sports journalist at the Eastern Daily Press, the Norwich Evening News and Pinkin.com. Busy man. Michael also hosts the Norwich City podcast. And Michael, thank you very much for joining us. A very busy day for you, I imagine, today. Uh, did this news surprise you when it broke earlier? Um, I have to be honest, it did, actually. I think um, we've had a couple of stages this season where Neil has been under quite intense pressure. I think he's been under he was he was under more intense pressure possibly in the autumn. But if things were starting to ramp up again after the defeat at Reading, and then of course the, the cup exit on Saturday, but I, I honestly didn't expect them to, or I didn't expect him to resign first and foremost. And I didn't expect there to be a change uh, this week. I, I figured he would get um, the Bournemouth game, which is where Norwich head on Saturday, and then, and then Norwich would have been at home. I think it's to Cardiff after that, and I could still see him in charge then. So it, it did catch me out a little bit today I must admit and um, from what I heard today it did all happen quite quickly during the day it wasn't really something that happened over the weekend it was when everything came to a head today so they've got to act on the on the hoof as well now and um, they've got some big decisions to make at the club definitely. Uh, Michael I I was a bit surprised too really because I mean looking at December's results they were pretty good apart from that Reading defeat right at the end of December yeah, a victory over Wigan 5-0 over Huddersfield draw with Derby who are top and a 6-1 victory over Millwall I mean that's that's not bad it looks like things had started to turn around from what had been a bit of a slump before that Yeah it has been a bit strange I mean there can't be many managers who have left having won their last two home games by five goals so that can't be a, a I think it only happened to it happened to Mike Walker actually back at Norwich a few years ago, but I'm, I'm sure it hasn't happened very often. Um, and there was a sense since Mike Phelan came in at the end of November as first team coach to Neil, that was just um, it was just helping Norwich get a handle on what they were going to have to do in the Championship this year. And as you said, December they they played pretty well up until a point. It's very difficult because they made a really nice start to the to the season and then it all kind of fell away. They got into some really bad habits and Mike Phelan's arrival was supposed to kind of iron that out. But I think there are big question marks over the... As good as and as much talent as the squad supposedly has, I think there are quite a few question marks over their, um, their character, their ability to grind out results when they're not playing very well. And um, those haven't really gone away recently. And, and the last two games... It's been quite clear the players haven't really been particularly motivated. Now, does that have to come from the manager? Should the players be professional enough to, to motivate themselves? I suppose that's there's no I don't know, you know there's no right or wrong answer to that. It's a really difficult one to get a hold of. But clearly the players weren't really responding to Neil the, the way he wanted them to over those last two performances. And I guess there was just a fear that Norwich would regress into the run that they they had in, in the autumn. And I guess that's the problem with Neil's inexperience. He hadn't managed a, at all. It was his first, this was his first uh, first job of first team football at Norwich. So in the end, I guess the, the board didn't trust him to keep going and, and Neil didn't trust himself. I mean, uh, Neil, of course, has resigned, but whether there was a little push there or, or not, I, I would be surprised if there wasn't something from the board as well. So... It's a difficult one looking on the outside because I think the expectations around the football club are so huge. I mean, effectively, mm. everyone around Norwich just assumed because they kept everyone together pretty much yeah. from our season. Well, I, I, did exactly the the, I did exactly the same thing, Michael. That, yeah. At the start of our season on our preview, preview yeah. show, I went yeah. through the entire squad. It was stacked with experience at this level and quality. Then there's a decent mix of some promising youngsters. There's some experience there, and it, it looks on paper as everything's there to be able to, you know, to, for what you need to deliver promotion. And you know, maybe the, the one thing that wasn't there was the manager. Well, ten points off the top two now. So you know, is, are the board starting to worry? Do you think maybe Michael that well, I think you know, it should be? <laughs> they're they're not going to get close to uh, to Ipswich and Derby and, and Bournemouth. Yeah, I mean, I wrote. I wrote a column just in the new year, which effectively, after the Reading game, I was writing them off finishing in the top two because I think they, they are so far behind. I suppose there's an element to saying, well, you know, look, prove it wrong. Even even now, you, you're wondering what they can do. I mean, they've lost quite a few games. If they don't beat Bournemouth on Saturday, then I don't think they'll be finishing ahead of them. 
And of course, then you get into the uh, conversations about Ipswich and the remarkable season they're having. I think, yeah, Nick, the problem was that everyone had a seen the squad, they, they felt out so much quality that Neil probably was the missing link for them because he wasn't able to knit it all together. But it's very difficult. I mean, not many teams go back up to the Premier League at the first time of asking. And you almost assume because these players have played in the Premier League, they have to be of this quality and that quality will be fine because they'll just go about their normal business in the Championship. It just doesn't work like that. I mean, even when Norwich were promoted, uh, what, four four years ago, was it now? I mean, they did that straight out of League One. And, and I suppose there are a lot of the, the three teams that just come down from the Premier League that year were expecting Norwich's um, push to, to fall apart, and, and it never did. So it's um, it's a weird mix in the Championship. And I, I mean, there have been signs that Norwich were getting their act together, and, and maybe that will, will carry on under Mike Phelan, I suppose, temporarily, and then whoever gets the job on it on a longer-term basis. Well, despite being 10 points off automatic place, and you know, to add insult to injury, that is Ipswich currently occupying that <laughs> it spot. It is, it is um, indeed. You're only three points off the off the top six, and you know we've, we've seen it, sort of the gap started to widen between the top two, maybe the top sort of three recently, but you know a lot of those teams, you know, fourth, fifth, Millsborough, Watford, Brentford, you know, been inconsistent of of late, and as we know, I mean, we're only halfway through the season. You know, it's it's inconceivable to say that you know the hopes of promotion are, are gone for Norwich. They're very much still on automatic, less so, but you know, playoffs absolutely there. So there's a great opportunity for whoever it is gets this job permanently yeah. to, to to take it on and still you know salvage a successful season. Absolutely, I completely agree with you. And and you know, while we're all questioning the quality of Norwich's squad. If it did all click, then they could quite easily, you know, only lose one or two games in the second half of the season. Mm. I mean, even off the back of of, um, of Norwich's sort of strange performances, I haven't really been impressed with anyone I've seen at Carrow Road this year. And and away from home, Bournemouth were okay when they came to Norwich. I mean, they were actually struggling at that point. I think they almost ended up in the bottom half of the table after that, after they picked up a one-one draw at Carrow Road, um, and they were okay in that away from home I was very impressed with with Middlesbrough who hammered Norwich 4-0 and they 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 were right at it on that day Derby have clearly got quite a lot about them but it'll be quite interesting to see how Bournemouth play against Norwich on Thursday because no one's really you know shone and looked like they could really rip the division up even though you see week on week the results that some of the teams are getting so the quality Norwich have got, they, you, you, you can't rule them out if the right person is put in place and, and it does all click. But that's that's a big psychological mm. ask, really. So, so who do you... Well, who do, sorry, what I inter- would say, I've just added, if they finish outside the top six, it'd be a complete disaster. With the quality <laughs> they've got, there's no way they should be finishing outside the top six. So who do you think the new manager's going to be then? I mean, we, I don't know if you were at Preston on Saturday, but what's the, was, yeah. what's the fan reaction been like in the last few weeks? And have the fans made it clear who they want to take the job? Or, or do you get a sense of where the club are going to go? Obviously, you mentioned Mike Phelan. Is it going to be as nailed on as that? Yeah, it's, it's difficult because when they're away from home, you know they've they've been a bit a bit of booing and maybe just a lack of um, chance in support of Neil Adams than anything else. I've I've heard it much worse and, and Norwich still keep the manager. It got a lot worse with Chris Hutton um, <laughs> last season over several months. So um, I, I think I think there's a lot of surprise that he has actually gone. Neil, I, I mean clearly when Mike Phelan got the coaching job, I think a lot of people felt all right. So he'll be the next manager, and of course he's now in temporary charge. I would imagine Norwich have said they're looking, and I would imagine they are looking as well. I would imagine Mike will get a, a game or two to sort of prove his worth. And then it really depends if... I think there'll be a few fans who'd be worried if Mike Phelan did get the job because if, if your issue with Neil Adams was that he didn't have much managerial experience, well, yep. Mike Phelan has even less. And um, and that's a big issue because, you know, Norwich fans are looking down the road at Ipswich. They're seeing a squad of okay players who have been knitted together brilliantly by a manager who, who's done it in the past and has really got them going and he's getting the most out of them as a team and if an experienced manager can do that well maybe that's what Norwich are missing so um, I would imagine I think Mike Phelan is favourite and I would imagine he will end up getting the job for a, for a period but whether that would keep people happy I'm not sure it must also be said it's really hard to nail down a candidate I mean I've, I've been asked it obviously since it's happened and it's, it's really hard to say oh well I'll have this one please just on just on Mike Phelan I mean I share your concerns and, and some of the you know if there are any fans who have concerns too about that because you know vastly experienced as a coach you know all those years alongside Fergie at Old Trafford but we've seen you know people try and step out the shadow of Fergie before and, and not 
not make a success of it. Rennie Mullenstein recently at Fulham and Brian Kidd all those years ago yeah. when he when he yeah. left Blackburn. Blackburn, Blackburn. Yeah. Um, and I just would worry that that would be a, a risk that you can't afford to take at the moment. I, I think I've seen Tim Sherwood be linked with it. Um, obviously a former Norwich player and a man who's touting himself for any job going at the moment. But <laughs> I think maybe it would be more um, prudent to go back and see what was, when was the last time Norwich really got going and that was under Paul Lambert and they, they went down. He was, he was at Colchester at the time. Maybe drop down and have a look at some of the managers who were doing well in League One, I mean, Carl Robinson is having a great season at MK Dons. You know, Mark Cooper at Swindon's working wonders there. I mean, there, there might be some names further on down the the pyramid that could be you know, the future for Norwich. Yeah, Mark Cooper's an interesting one. That that one sort of was on my my radar. Um, my colleague Paddy David, I'm not sure he'd be too keen on um, Carl Robinson getting the job. I think it's a bit questionable about what Carl has achieved at MK Dons. Um, it's an interesting one. I, I, I must admit, the thing I would like Norwich to do, which maybe they didn't do with Neil, although they did say they um, scoured Europe um, for that appointment in the summer and they came up with Neil Adams. But I think what I would like to see them do is what they did with Neil, really, and that is properly think about who they want and go and get them and headhunt them and, and, and get who they want in rather than maybe just um, picking an easy option, which would be Mike Phelan. I mean, even with Chris Hewton, when, when he was appointed, that was a really tough appointment to get a replacement in for Paul Lambert because everything had happened so quickly and um, it was built around Paul's um, achievements. And that, that appointment of Chris Hewton really did work for that first season. Norwich had a great season. They stabilised everything. It did really well. The problem is they then made the next change when things were clearly going wrong too late. So... Um, Neil Neil's sort of won a bit of favour because he's resigned and, and he's almost taken the fall, realised that the job wouldn't work. This is a, the best opportunity Norwich will have to get back to the Premier League, probably for a number of seasons, is to do it at the first attempt because of the squad they've got. And the, the board are under huge pressure to get this right because the atmosphere of the club hasn't been great, but it will get a whole lot worse <laughs> if, if the second half of the season doesn't go very well. And Neil Adams is actually coming back to the club, isn't he, later this year? He is, yeah. Which is slightly he, odd. It, it is slightly strange. Um, it doesn't really seem to have much meat on the bones, but the idea is that he's taking a break from football and then he's going to be back at the club in some capacity um, as yet undecided in July. Now, whether there are contractual issues about how that works and you know payoffs and, and money and all sorts and also making sure he stays in the game, I don't know. But um, I mean, I appreciate that for Neil because he's a really good guy. He gave it a really good go and it would be good if he manages to um, get a role that allows him to keep developing and then you don't know how things might pan out in the future but uh, it will be a bit strange it'll depend it'll be interesting to see who's in charge at the time when Neil then comes back and what job he'll be doing I think he'll probably be found on a, a cruise in the Caribbean at some point in the next six months I would imagine yeah you would wouldn't you you would do that <laughs> Michael um, thank you very much for joining us I know you've had a busy day we appreciate you taking the time out no problem all I the best uh, that is uh, Michael Bailey sports journalist at the Eastern Daily Press uh, the Norwich Evening News and Pinkham.com he also hosts the Norwich City Podcast and you can follow Michael on Twitter as well at Michael J Bailey right next we're off to Bramall Lane because the Blades are at it again this is the We Are Going Up podcast we We've got the Football League covered. Queen's Park Rangers nil, Sheffield United three then. A scoreline that in a strange way, not many people were surprised by at the weekend. And that's because Sheffield United, despite another stuttering League One campaign, are now fast becoming the lower league team that all the big boys want to avoid in the cup competitions. That's now Aston Villa, Fulham, Forest, Charlton, West Ham, Southampton and QPR they've beaten in just over 12 months. Uh, and in the next round, in the fourth round, they've been drawn away at Preston for an all-League One clash. Joining us right now is friend of the show, uh, who we've had on a couple of times before, Ian Rands. Uh, big Sheffield United fan, also runs the Blades blog, A United View on Football, um, which you can read at unitedview.blogspot.com. Um, Ian is on the line right now, I think. Uh, Ian, yet more cup heroics. What's the secret to all this? Um, I only wish we knew so we could replicate it in the league, Mal. <laughs> um, I, I think we... I think we've got some tactics that work very well in the cup, and certainly against um, against the bigger sides. In fact, drawing Preston is uh, obviously a disappointment, probably for us and for Preston as well. But um, yeah, I do I do wonder whether we'll be able to replicate uh, our current cup form uh, at Deepdale in uh, in a couple of weeks' time. I think it surely must be a, a psychological thing now. Those set of players are so used to having 
things go their way in the cup that when it comes to the cup games FA Cup League Cup you must be you know such a a relief to think oh god we're away from league one oh it's all right it's a cup lads we always do well in this and it, you know just they, they would just feel you know 10 foot tall going into those matches whereas in the league it just looks like they're just being dragged down by the you know the relentless nature of the campaigns year in year out and they just can't seem to get out of the rut yeah i would say that's probably probably a fair comment you know without trying to sound disparaging about the other teams in league one um i think when we come up against them they obviously set out, play deeper, defend. We're, we're the team that's expected to win, whereas obviously going into a cup tie, um, we have teams wanting the bigger teams we've played have wanted to come and attack us. Uh, and actually that's created the space for our sort of counter-attacking style to, to, to work very well, really. And you see young players that we've got coming through. Terry Kennedy played in the centre of defence yesterday in the, in the absence of Chris Basham. Uh, Lewis Reed, 17 years old, played in the midfield, played against Southampton. And he didn't look out of place at all. These players, you know, Lewis Reed in particular, you know, in a in a competitive, mat, you know, midfield matchup against people like Wanyama and Schneiderlin, um, more than held his own. So I think you're right. I think it, it does seem to lift our players. I think tactically, the way we set up is is, is to, to sort of counter on teams. Um, and we saw with the first goal yesterday how we sort of broke away. You know, good passing interchange between Baxter. Uh, Reed and McNulty, and uh, McNulty finished it off lovely. So, uh, yeah, I think I think we are we are we're set up in a way that really builds on this cup success, and, and just find it more difficult to replicate that in the league. I did like um, John Ashdown's tweet uh, yesterday. Uh, John from uh, the Guardian Football Weekly, we've had him on this show before as well. He sort of said that you get the feeling that this Sheffield United team will be better scrapping to stay up in the Premier League than they are trying to get promoted out of League One. Um, you're 15 points off the automatic spots in League One already this season. Bristol City and Swindon have been outstanding, you have to say. Yeah. Um, how do Blades fans feel about Nigel Clough and the job he's doing? Because while you, you, know, you got to Wembley last season, you're in the semi-finals of the Capital One Cup, you just beat in Premier League opposition uh, again in the FA Cup. It is the league that really matters, isn't it? It is, and I think uh, Nigel's coming for a bit of a, a tough time from fans recently, and probably at times, rightly so. Um, at the end of the day, Cup success is great, but realistically, are we ever going to win the cup? Never say never, but it would be you know highly unlikely given the teams we, you know we find ourselves up against. So really, it's the bread and butter of getting out of League One, you know, uh, that really you know Blades fans really want to see happen. And um, as I say, unfortunately, the, the, the sides we've come up against, uh, Bristol City first game of the season lost. Really, they, they, they possibly edged it. A draw might have been fair. We got a, a good draw away from away at Preston. Um, slipped up late on against MK Dons and it's these kind of results with a run in January with not just with the cup ties obviously got Preston in the cup uh, and and the two ties against Spurs but we've got you know big ties against uh, MK against Preston coming up as well that are really going to to stretch us and um, you know the difficulty in in getting we're not winning the matches at home so even if we are picking up good results away the the home form I think is is where the problems have come for us and, and that's where you know, we're getting, still getting good crowds, you know, 17, 18, 19,000. And um, when they turn and when they show their frustration, it's, uh, it's largely being aimed at the manager. You've almost had too much cup success, haven't you, really? Because, as as Mark just said, the, the league form is the priority and... You know, Sheffield United get a lot of praise from the from the wider footballing world when they go on these great cup runs, but it does mask the problems. This will be, is this your fourth season in League yeah. One. It'll be the fifth next year if you don't get up. I mean that that is longer, far longer than anyone expected Sheffield United to be at League One level for. You know, a club of this size can ill afford to be at League One for too long. You know, your place is deservedly higher up the pyramid, and. You know, it's just not happening. Season after season, you're going in as favourites every year, rightly or wrongly. I think, you know, I've said many times, I think usually wrongly. But, you know, you're not getting the results required in the league. I mean, at what stage, regardless of this cup success, do uh, people like Nigel Clough and his team start getting under real pressure? I think they're under pressure now, to be fair. I mean, I think, as you said, you know, the gap the gap to the, the top two is, is bigger than the gap to the bottom three. Uh, bottom four for us now, so you know it's. Um, I, th- I think they are under pressure now. And yes, the cup, the cup success is fantastic, and we, we you know, the, the thrill of the moment of a of a cup victory is, is unreal. But you know, if we don't beat Preston on at home on Saturday, that's another three points we're adrift potentially, or another point adrift, and it's um, and it's just an ever increasing gap. And you know, Nigel Clough has. Cup 
some stick from the fans. These people have questioned his tactics. You know, but I, I joked recently that you know we're, a lot of the fans are turning into sort of um, Mike Bassett, England manager, demanding four four two. You know, um, but it, that, I don't know if that's exactly the answer, but we need to get more attacking threat into our play. We don't test the keepers enough, and you know the, the frustrations start coming out. The longer we, we can dominate possession all we like, but if we don't win the games, another season at this level is unthinkable. Not just with our wage bill, I guess, because of the players and the, the, the size of the squad we've got. We've got the um, Saudi Arabian backing as well. But also, you know, last season's cup run meant that we retained a, a significant number of season ticket holders. And that's what's keeping up, you know, the, the crowds at the levels they are. And you can't feel in another season without promotion, we'll see the crowds dwindle as well. Um, so there's, there's huge ramifications of, of not getting it right this season. Yet, I think the board, have, 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 in their comments, have suggested that they see Clough here for the long term. And however, you know, what that is, it, it, it'll, it'll stick by him. But I don't think there's the, that strength of bond between the fans and Clough at the moment to support that. DC, have you ordered pizza or something? Because your phone is going off every 20 seconds during this interview. I'm a popular man, Mark. What can I say? Sorry. Um, I, will, I, I wish I had ordered pizza. I was going to ask you, um, Ian, about Mark McNulty. Um, his name came up uh, a little bit earlier. I mean, obviously, it's, it's no secret that Sheffield United have had a problem scoring goals in the last few seasons. Um, he's got nine already this campaign. Uh, he's Scottish, only 22. Um, what's he like? He's. I, I think he's, he's still quite a raw talent. He, he shows some... Great, in, you know, in, intuition around the box. He 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 misses some good chances, but he, he also takes them, and he and he takes them at times as well, where you know he, he takes the shot on when when others perhaps wouldn't have. And and I think that's what he came down from Scotland, from Livingston, with a, a reputation for. He you know he didn't always score the tappings, but he would score uh, score some good goals. The fans like him. The fans like his work rate. Um, one of the issues we've had with him really is that Nigel Clough doesn't fully appreciate all he brings to the team. And so we've seen him in and out of the team. We've seen Jose Baxter playing the front role. We've seen Michael Higdon uh, playing up front. And we obviously had Chris O'Grady on loan briefly from Brighton as well. Um, he just doesn't seem, it, it, even after, say, scoring a, a, an equalising goal or a match-winning goal, it, it was always, you know, the, the response to the fans um, and the fans' clamour in post-match interviews from Nigel Clough has been to find points to criticise in McNulty. Now, whether he's trying to motivate him or drive him on, to see him relegated to the bench the following week when he's just had a fantastic performance just frustrates the fans even more. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully he'll get an extended run in the, the side at some point. We've we've wiped that lead, that goal scorer uh, for for two or three seasons now, and maybe in McNulty we've found him. But to do that, he's got to be playing every week. Ian, I want to have a word about Nigel Clough in, in particular because he's a, he's an interesting case. I think he's quite well regarded in terms of his record as a manager and obviously there's the always the association with with his with his father but i mean he didn't take burton up he, he all but took them up but left just before they were promoted to the football league he had a a decent spell at derby but when he left they were taken to another level by steve mclaren and it's as we've discussed just now it's it's going okay for him at sheffield united but it's not you know it doesn't at the moment look like he's going to take them take them up into the championship. I mean, do you actually think that he will be able? He is the man to take take them up, or will it be similar to his other clubs? Maybe he'll you know be okay for a few seasons, then someone else will come in and, and finish the job. Um, I, I think that was the fear when he was appointed that it, it felt like a sort of safe appointment that we could have taken a chance on on one or two other people, and and it might have got us that short term success. I mean, like you say, he's he's, he's generally worked worked hard, created a decent squad where he's been in a decent platform that then perhaps other people, have, other further managers have benefited from. I, I just don't think United can afford to, to do that for too long. You know, how long how long is the board prepared to wait to uh, for promotion? Uh, the, the fans are restless already. I, 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 I just fear that he, he, he won't take us that final stage. Um, the one thing that perhaps gives me some hope is if we do get into the playoffs this season... Our cup record surely must mean that we can break that playoff hoodoo at some point. But um... well, you just know you wouldn't though. That's just the way these things work, isn't it? Don't um, don't, don't, don't rub it. <laughs> um, just before you go, Ian, a quick word on the semi-final against Spurs. Can you get to Wembley? Um, everything says no, but I just think you never know. I think if we can contain Spurs, they're at playing Wembley. well at the moment, Spurs. That's Sorry? true. They're playing well at the moment, aren't they? Well, but yeah. you, you might expect Pochettino to make quite a few changes. Possibly. I mean, their, their form means they might have a bit more focus on the Premier League than perhaps they would have a few mm. weeks ago. 
which might be in our favour. I mean, as a fan of a, of a football league club, to have seen my side now, which will be six six semi-finals in both cups, you know, in the last twenty years or so, is, um, is is a pretty strong achievement. But why should we limit ourselves to semis? Surely, one time we can dream of Wembley. The rest of us can only dream about numbers like that. I just want to get to the third round of the FA Cup one year <laughs> for a change. Uh, Ian, thank you very much for joining us. Best no. of luck for the uh, rest of the season. Uh, that is uh, Ian Rand to the Sheffield United blog, a United View on football, and you can uh, have a look at the blog right now at a UnitedView.blogspot.com, and you can follow Ian on Twitter as well. He is at Unitedite. The We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the football league covered. Okay, right then. It's time to take a look back over a manic few weeks of festive football. Um, DC, what I'm thinking is we'll kind of do this division by division and throw in some FA Cup stories along the way. There's been a lot, hasn't there? There's been a lot. There's too much to get through, really, in one show. Um, We are recording this during the Wimbledon-Liverpool, AFC Wimbledon-Liverpool FA Cup tie. Midway through that chat there with Ian, I saw you punching the air (laughs) through the glass there. And then I was like, what's happened? And then a big Bayouakin fan was scored. He's only gone and done it. um, The big man, beast mode, in full effect. As you know... He's uh, a Liverpool fan as well. Oh, is he? He was when he was a kid, yeah. Well, friend of the show. You had your picture with him. Absolutely. Um, So if you... Obviously, you know the... Listening to this, you know the final score. We don't at this particular moment, but it's one so at this moment in time, Wimbledon could still what, pull it off. I was watching the um, the '88 Cup final. Yes, this morning the BBC did a thingy today. They did, they? yeah. A rewind I, was, thing. I was looking at it on YouTube, and um, it's astonishing. I mean, it's a long time ago, granted, but the Vinnie Jones but, tackle is that what you're going to talk well, about? Not, not just that, but there, I mean, there is a yeah. In the first ten minutes of the game, Jones absolutely <laughs> sides down Steve McMahon in the central midfield, cleans him out so late. And takes him up, you know, he's off his feet and on lands on his head. Red card these days, no question, straight red card. Not even a yellow. No, straight red card. Um, but there's the amount of, I mean, the amount of back passes to Grobelar and to <laughs> Besant, who are just launching it. And just the pace of the game is so slow. It's, it is amazing, really, how how much football has, has advanced into physically and technically in, in the intervening years. And also... Jimmy Bullard's getting a lot of stick when he, mm, he yesterday was. for his for his clobber uh Hull Arsenal v Hull, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Greaves was the co- was the one of the this, the pundits at Wembley alongside Dave Bassett for the eighty eight cup final. And Bassett was with a shirt and tie. Uh, but Greaves just an un like just rocked up in like a sort of rugby polo shirt, <laughs> stripy rugby polo shirt, like just unbelievable for the FA Cup he was final. A, he was the old at the old Wembley at the FA Cup final, and he looks like he just rolled out of bed. Unbelievable. I, speaking of um, old pundits and things like that, I, I, there's not much Euro '96 stuff on YouTube, which always frustrates me. But the bits that I can find, Sir Alex Ferguson was a pundit. No. On on during Euro '96 on ITV, really? He's on the panel with um, Kevin Keegan and who else would ITV have had around that time? Wow, I mean, but I mean that would right because like, like he was that at, would have been Keegan and Fergie would have been right at yeah, it then, wouldn't they? Exactly. Yeah. Well, it would have been yeah the year the before, season before it, the season before off, it all yeah. kicked off. But yeah, try and well, maybe I'll find a link and, and tweet that. No, it wouldn't. Isn't, it would have been straight after actually, wouldn't it? No, no, it was '96. Oh, no, you're right, yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah, it was one. right yeah. after. Okay, maybe I've got that right. No, anyway, I'll, I'll find yeah, the link. no, no, that's, that's it's, right. It's yeah. unbelievable. Wow. Anyway, off off topic, uh, let's get back on topic. Then we'll start in the championship. Christmas and New Year kind of rough headlines, these. Obviously, we can't cover every team, blah, 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 you know, precursor will say that. Uh, Bournemouth for top of the championship. They picked up four more wins over Christmas. They scored 15 goals in the process. Amazing. They drubbed Rotherham 5-1 in the cup. I think they made like eight changes or something as well on Saturday. You know, it's really interesting. Obviously, we've covered Bournemouth quite a few times and we know all about them. It's very interesting now that Bournemouth are, you know, threatening to get into the Premier League. It looks increasingly well, the, likely that the they odds, may do the it. odds are, well, I don't know what the figures are, but basically if you top at Christmas, you tend to go up. And they're playing really well. Yeah. They're deservedly there. And, you know, they're doing really well, had a really good League Cup run. So they're getting a lot of attention from, from the mainstream. And it's interesting that they still get painted, and I can see why, as... Little Bournemouth, how amazing will it be if a club the size of Bournemouth gets in the Premier League? And I get that because they are, in terms of their, you know, their, their attendances and their ground and their setup, very humble. But they have had money pumped into that club. They have paid money, some serious money for players and for wages. So it, it's not like they've done it on an absolute shoestring and it's a, a, you know, a miracle. I'm not trying to take away from the achievement 
of what Eddie Howe's done there because it's fantastic what's going on at Bournemouth. But it is interesting. It just shows you that there are once you get once you get to a certain level of mainstream attention, they don't dig that deep to look at what's actually going on. Um, that speaks a Watford fan, of course, who, who <laughs> wants to see his side top of the league. Um, Ipswich are in second, Derby are in third, and those two sides play each other on Saturday, which is a huge game. Uh, Ipswich got a replay against Southampton in the FA Cup. I think they made loads of changes and managed to get a replay against mm. Saints, who didn't really make many. And Derby got out of jail with a late penalty against Southport. And I mean, Ipswich is arguably a more... The achievement of having being second is arguably more impressive than what Bournemouth are doing. Ipswich are a bigger club than, than Bournemouth. Yeah, have a, a far more storied history, but they've spent, you know, as we said the other week, only ten thousand pounds on that team. Yeah, in uh, transfer fees. Yeah, wages obviously. Of course. Yeah, but still, not. I don't. I don't think any of those players are on huge wages. No. Nope. Look at this. A very modest squad, relatively speaking, and that, it's an amazing achievement what Mick McCarthy is doing at the moment. Uh, well, they're still in their derby. Um, have brought in Darren Bent, which is quite mm. interesting. And well, not Brighton for long, was he? Yeah. No, he wasn't. And there have been rumours circulating about Steve McLaren and the Newcastle job. Well, um, but I think we. I mean, I think he's going to stay. But, yeah. But um, um, our, our friend Owen Bradley from yes. BBC Radio Derbyshire has been. Has been on this Radio Derby get it right oh, sorry. <laughs> did you see by the way match of the day they um, I think people might uh, know this they played the, they did this the weird thing for the FA Cup where they played in local radio commentary on the games that they didn't have commentators at if that makes sense so the, the, the developing story was at the Derby game mm. where they were obviously just planning to show a little report yeah. or whatever so they used the local radio commentary and it wasn't Owen Bradley but they said it was but they said it was yeah I saw him apologising yeah. for that afterwards but he has obviously been um, Gets all, all over this, been in conversation with, with Steve McLaren, Sam Rush, the powers that be at Derby. And I listened to his interview with McLaren and he pressed him on this issue of the Newcastle job. And McLaren, he, he said, I want to, repeatedly, I want to finish the job at Derby. I want to finish the job at Derby. But he, he didn't say, I'm not interested in the Newcastle job. So he, he cleverly sort of left it open that he's basically saying that he's happy at Derby and he wants to, to finish the job. However, I mean, if, if if it came along, then you still never know. But I think he will stay at Derby, for, for, certainly for the foreseeable future at the moment. Uh, Middlesbrough, Watford and Brentford are in the other playoff spots. A couple of bits of news from those teams. Uh, Patrick Bamford, i.e. you, staying at uh, Middlesbrough till the mm-hmm. end of the season on loan Good from news Chelsea. Yep. Um, but uh, sadly, Will fr- he ever play for Chelsea? <laughs> That's the question, isn't it? I don't think um, he ever will. Friend of the show, Richard Lee, who we had on at the start of the season, has announced he's going to retire. Yes. Injuries have got the better of yeah. him, I think. It's a shame, Richard, Richard Lee, really, because he, he's had some real good moments in his career. He, you know, and, he, and he's fought back from adversity a number of times when he's looked like, you know, Watford a number of times, looked like he was out of the picture and he came back in and... Um, you know he's he's had some good successes. He's played in you know FA Cup semi-finals and he's saved a lot of crucial penalties. There's a good few penalty shootout successes in his career and stuff. But it's also never quite gone right for him. He's never quite had like you know four or five seasons in it and has established number one. And he's had some bad injuries and you know he's had he's had a few problems here and there. But he's as we found out when we spoke to him at the start of the season, he's an enterprising guy and I'm sure he's got his next step. You know, lined up already. Um, this is our little manager's section. Actually, no, before that, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, very unlucky. Uh, big improvement on the 7-0 loss at City earlier this you, season. You said you, had, you were going to have news about Watford a second ago. You, no, you, I didn't. You're not giving me anything. I said a couple of bits of news. Hey, you used to play for Watford, Richard Lee. Mm. You're having that. Well, what, what, what's going on at Watford? Any, anything exciting to, well, to we, share? We you went held to our own against game, Chelsea, didn't, you? didn't we? Oh, of course you did. You lost 3-0, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, you didn't go Smashed there, did Cardiff you? away from home. We were terrible on Boxing Day. <laughs> the one game you Absolutely went to. Absolutely terrible. One little snippet I'll give you. Uh, we've signed a guy called Miguel Layun, who is a Mexican defender. We've signed I've, him. I've seen from, a bit about this on, um, on Twitter. He's, Granada signed him from uh, Americas, a uh, Mexican club. Um, and he, he's played in all the Mexico games at the World Cup. He's got like a million followers on Twitter. Far more than Watford have got, and like he's in, he just has to say he's like he has to say like good morning in Spanish, and he gets like eight hundred fifty retweets. <laughs> Harry Styles type uh, stuff, that sort of stuff, yeah. Um, but he's come with a bit of fanfare. Like no, get, apparently... get a retweet off him. Get a retweet. I've, I've tried my best already. I have tried, um, but apparently uh, Beshik Tass were interested in signing him. You know, Champions League level club, uh, and he's going to be playing for the rest of the season at Watford. Mate, if he he's can a get defender, us a... I think he's a wing, a left or right wing back. If he can get us a free trip to Mexico, <laughs> well, I've said we should. 
you know, next we I should capitalise on this on this potential boom in popularity in Mexico and do a pre-season tour in Cancun, Watford. That oh right, not okay. us. I was, I was a thinking. week ago, maybe. But. Well, we'll do a feature on the Mexican <laughs> second division, maybe. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Very unlucky to lose two one at Manchester City uh, in mm. like the last minute. And um, Birmingham came from two 0 down to get past Blythe Spartans. Why wasn't well. that on TV? I have no I'm idea. Sorry, but the BBC or the FA, whoever whoever is in charge of these things, all of them, they've had a shocker. <laughs> they have. Saturday there were no games. Yeah. On TV, but they were in Iceland. And Norway, <laughs> and Norway, Norway. Yeah, I saw your your, um, your Twitter conversation with absolutely. one of our listeners. Yeah, they had they had the Tranmere Swansea. Swansea game and the um the West Brom Gateshead game. So they got they got plenty of bang for their plenty bucket, of sure. goals. Um, um, but the gate the the Blythe Birmingham game was tremendous. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was due to facilities, but they were there, you know, against Hartlepool. But yeah, I did see someone say that there was six basically enough space for six people in the Blythe <laughs> yes. press box, and there was only one plug, well, <laughs> <laughs> and they had about sixty applications. When, well, here's a little sort of behind the scenes type thing. When we went to AFC Wimbledon uh, to do the Burton Albion uh, game earlier this season, we got a really nice email as well from someone. Um, I probably should find that and mention them. Uh, about that game he sort of uh, discovered the show around that time and sort of rediscovered a love of lower league football I think he might be there tonight at the uh, AFC Wimbledon Liverpool game as we record uh, his name is um, James Gibbon McGregor uh, so uh, hello to you James he says he'll buy us a beer next time we go down to uh, AFC Wimbledon oh, um, to that yeah where was that sorry where was I going with that story what was I just saying a press box I've got, yeah press box right so AFC Wimbledon it's tiny we were the last people to get there casually rocked up we had to sort of sorry sorry mate we had to go past about six sort of people squeeze into this tiniest little box imagine tonight national mm. television national newspapers like local radio in Liverpool like it must be absolute chaos yeah. in there um, right we're ready for our manager section then okay um, so uh, Rochdale won Nottingham Forest nil at Spotland in the FA Cup Rochdale have got Stoke at home in the next round so maybe another upset for them they're having a great season it pains me to say it but big well done to Keith Hill working wonders again however Two wins in 18 games, seven without a win for Stuart Pearce. Now, Mr. Al- Al- Al-Hawazi, how do you say al Farah? What, 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 I've, I've forgotten how you say his surname. Al-Hawazi. That's the fella. Um, he's forgot, uh, He's not been afraid of changing managers before, but he's no. he's still there, Pearce, at well, the minute. I think Pearce has alluded to this himself, but there is a certain amount of... Credit in the bank. Yeah, he, he's got a certain amount of leeway with the fans because he's psycho, he's Stuart Pearce, Nottingham Forest legend. They love him. They gave him such a reception when he came back at the start of the season. That doesn't mean he's invincible from pressure or from, from criticism, far from it. But I think he's perhaps getting a little bit longer, a little bit more leeway than he may have done if, for example, your name was Steve McLaren, Alex McLeish <laughs> or Sean O'Driscoll or Steve Koch or some of the more recent examples of people of not lasted very long at Nottingham Forest um, but it's not going well and it's similar to sort of Neil Adams they kind of look like maybe they started to turn get a few they got a few wins and then you know, beat Norwich just, actually didn't they 1-0 yeah. one one down and it's just fallen away I saw that Birmingham watched the, the Birmingham game a few weeks ago 3-0 um, down at half time weren't they I mean and that was an amazing game really because Forest actually didn't play too badly at all they had they had most of the possession for most of the game they had they had some really good chances and Birmingham you know, just scored three goals in the space of about 10 minutes before half time. And it was, you know, really bad defending, just, you know, silly errors, just undoing a, a fair amount of good work by, by Forrest and a fair amount of pressure. And then you're 3 0 down at half time and, you, and you're out of the game. So it's, it's just not it's frustrating. And, and you just wonder, you know, how long it's, it's going to go on. How far can, can Pierce last on his reputation? He does need to start getting results quickly. Against Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday, if he can, uh, if he can help, it would be a nice. A nice three points. Um, all change at the Amex. Sammy Hippier has left Brighton uh, since we last did a show. Chris Hewton has come in, signed a three and a half year contract. Uh, good start too, as Michael mentioned earlier in that 2-0 win uh, at Brentford in the FA Cup on Saturday. I think that's a good appointment. Hippier, just three uh, wins in 22 league games. So it just that's wasn't happening. Was disastrous, it? really. After they were in the playoffs last season as well. Yeah. And I think it's, it has been a bit of a decline at Brighton. They've you know consistently sold some of their better players and not replaced them with, with very good ones. Um but they didn't replace Oscar Garcia with with a good manager, evidently. Uh, but they've got a good one now. Who I think, you know, has had his his critics at Norwich certainly, but he also had people that thought he was harshly treated in the way he was sacked only five games before the end of the season. And he has proven in the past that he can get out of the Championship. Took Newcastle up in fine style a few years ago. Stabilised Norwich in the Premier League for for a season, and and before it went before it went awry. And 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 the and the thing that always gets labelled at him. 
is that he's a slightly bit, you know, a bit too conservative when it comes down to the crunch that he at home sometimes doesn't go out and try and win games that, that the fans think he should do. I mean, again, did a really good job at Birmingham in this league. So I think they've got a very good championship level manager who will certainly steady the ship and I think we'll move them forward. And they've got a hell of a draw in the fourth round. Arsenal at home, the holders. Um, and of course, he's an ex-Spurs man as well, which is going to... Uh, mm. It's going to add a little more to that fixture. Um, Nigel Adkins um, has gone as Reading manager. Steve Clark has come in. I think his first job since he left West Brom, if I'm uh, not wrong. Uh, Two wins, a draw and a defeat from his first four games in charge so far. Obviously, something needed to change. They were hammered 6-1 at Birmingham, weren't they, a couple of weeks before Adkins finally went. And I think Steve Clark was quite harshly treated at West Brom. I know that's a completely different discussion. But I think it's quite a good, solid appointment. It's not gone well for West Brom since Steve Clark left, that's for sure. Um... Steve Clark's kind of, I mean, yes, he, he did okay in that job at West Brom, but that was actually his first managerial job that people seem to forget because he's kind of been around so much. He's been on the touchline at Liverpool, at West Ham, <laughs> Chelsea. at Chelsea. Um, kind of feel that like he's got all this experience, it's similar to, to Mike Phelan we were talking about mm. earlier. And I still think he has something to prove as a as a, as a a genuine number one manager, head coach, whatever, whatever you want to call him. And um, he's got a good opportunity at Reading. It, it just... Nothing really happened for Adkins at Reading, didn't it? It wasn't disastrous. They were not flirting with relegation, but just, you know, not really doing anything. Yeah, well, they're in 16th for the minute, yeah. below Bolton, um, who were in the relegation zone a few weeks ago, which shows you what a managerial change can do for a club. Maybe that's why they've decided to make it. Um, we we, sh- we probably should uh, crack on and get on to League One. Before we do, uh, Leeds and Blackpool, miserable runs, both of them, terrible form, uh, both out of the I'm Cup of the weekend. I'm going to see Leeds on Tuesday night. Leeds under-21 side oh, right, okay. against Watford under-21 side in the Premier League under-21 Cup, which is effectively reserve team football. It's most, mostly young young players, but also a couple of like senior players can play as well. Um, are um, you going to that match? Finals. Are you going to that match with a former editor of Loaded magazine? Yes. <laughs> okay. I am. Good. Um, that's, uh, so that's tomorrow as we record. Um, but yeah, Leeds and Blackpool, both uh, out of the, uh, the Cup over the weekend, uh, but that doesn't really tell half the, the stories, the chaos um, at Blackpool in particular. Um, because they, they've got Carl Oyston texting fans saying they tell him he's a retard, whatever he said. Yeah. And then you've got um, Jacob Murphy, who we were praising at Craven Cottage, scored a goal on loan from Norwich. That uh, takes a Snapchat. I don't know who he sent it to. Basically saying, oh, we're going to Sheffield Wednesday. We're going to lose again. Um, and somehow it makes its way into the public domain. And he is sacked. Oh, no, what's what? Returned to his parent club. Mm. Um, I mean, if anything, summed up that football club at this moment in time. It's well, that I incident. Mean, I sort of... On the one hand, he's a, stu- he's a stupid boy. He shouldn't have done that because he's obviously going to get criticised and it's obviously not going to go down well. But on the other hand, I kind of think that is the least of your worries. Jacob Murphy <laughs> yeah. Snapchatting someone, you know, his mates and, and it getting out saying we're going to lose again. They are going to lose again because they're terrible <laughs> because there are inherent structural problems at that football club that have consistently not been dealt with for years. And that's the problem. Telling Sort's the truth of anything. Yeah, he is. And it, he, perhaps he shouldn't do, and perhaps his attitude should be better. But those players probably do feel beaten. And they probably do think they're going to lose every week because the whole thing is just such a shambles and has been like that for so long. Um, Swindon are top of League One. Where is Carl McQueen when you need him? Yeah. What a run they've been on. Um, Tremendous. 2-0 down they were at Fleetwood at the weekend. Uh, they came back to get a point. That's just three defeats in their last 22 uh, for Mark if only Berry could ha- help out, could have well, the Holy Trinity going up this well, season. Well, we'll get on to that in a minute, mate. Um, Preston and MK Dons just behind them. Obviously, Preston knocking out Norwich, as we've already mentioned. Uh, MK Dons somehow managed to lose to Chesterfield for a second time in the FA Cup at home. Bradford and Sheffield United in the playoffs a little bit further back. A couple more uh, managerial changes over Christmas in League One. Uh, Peter Taylor uh, sacked by Gillingham last Wednesday. And guess who's the caretaker manager of Gillingham? Hessenthaler? Of course it's yeah. Andy Hessenthaler. Yeah, yeah. It just feels right. Andy Hessenthaler in temporary charge for their 2-1 defeat um, at Port Vale at the weekend while they look for a new manager. And um, down at the bottom of the table, John Gregory has had to stand down as Crawley boss. Yeah, it's so a shame. Heart surgery uh, with uh, Dean Saunders replacing him on an interim basis. We wish him well. Uh, Saunders has got a difficult job too because they're in the relegation zone along with Colchester crew and Yeovil, and of course Yeovil did themselves huge credit against Manchester United. Kiefer Moore at nil-nil. Hell of a chance, uh, and he couldn't stick it away. Um, and unfortunately, they got undone. And you just—it's that kind of moment. You're probably going to look back on in a few years and think, "Oh, I should have scored, should have scored." Um, and of course, DC, we can't. There's only three games in League One at the weekend, so there's not actually that much that's just happened. But the one story that is rumbling on as we record on Monday evening is the Ched Evans story. Um, I've been 
I've been um, yeah you've been under siege haven't you yeah I have because you got retweeted by David Conn yeah um, yeah which... well I just posted a link to his excellent article today um, which basically says that the this one... is David Conn's excellent David article Conn in... not Chad Evans' David ex- excellent article yeah of course David Conn in the Guardian summing it up basically saying that no one is remembering the victim in this case it's all about Chad Evans and what should happen to Chad Evans should he be given the chance to play or that or not and all this but there's a victim here and she's been through an ordeal, had to change identity five different times, I believe. And and such is the world out there. You know, it's been coming in for, for various uh, yep. lines of abuse from in, on various different social media platforms and all that. And it and, it, and it's appalling, really. Um, so you retweeted him. I retweet, well, I, I tweeted a link to that and he retweeted it. And then, you know, yeah, I was besieged the, with, the Sheffield with United people trying to defend Evans Chet Brigade Evans. Yeah. Got on to you. And I did bite a few times here and there. But, you know, it's just people... You know, with the legal thing, saying, "Oh, he should be given a chance. He's done his time. That is fine, but only up to a point." You know, he's committed a serious crime. A, a jury, you know, have have decided that he is guilty of a serious crime. And if you commit serious crimes, you have to accept that, to some extent, your life will never be the same. And you will get second chances in some degrees, but not all professions no. will let you back in if you have. A prior conviction. It's not as simple. It's not as cut and dry as that. It's not just oh, oh, he's done his jail time. Brilliant. Forget about it. All is forgiven. Chet. It doesn't work like that. There is a moral issue here, and clearly, you know, as we've seen by Oldham, look like they're backtracking at the last well, minute. The sponsors have all sort of. Uh, it's a big deal, and it's yeah. a moral issue as much as a, as much as it is a, a strictly legal one. We could probably do an entire show on that, but I don't want to do that. So let's move on down to League Two. Um, where Wickham went back top of the table with a 1-0 win against Hartlepool on Saturday. They've just lost Paris Cowan Hall, though, one of their best players who's just signed for Millwall. And that's great because I just wrote a piece uh, for Prostate Cancer UK literally yesterday about uh, who was going to go up this season from League Two. And I praised Paris Cowan Hall and now he's just left. <laughs> so that's completely out of date. Um, it'll be a big loss. Hartlepool, no wins in the last 13 league games. They're 10 points from safety already. Jeff Stelling is going to be supporting a... Vanarama conference side, I believe, um, if nothing changes soon. Uh, That's probably good news for the conference, though, I suppose, wouldn't it? Well, I've Stella on board. Yeah, well, you know, they get a bit more time on, on Soccer Saturday. That's true. <laughs> Look for the positives, Hartlepool fans. Uh, Shrewsbury are off the top. They lost 1-0 at Burton Albion. Uh, five wins in eight for Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Come on, Jimmy. Um, and I reckon, uh, I don't know what the, the odds are, but Wickham, Shrewsbury and Burton the top three at the minute. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the top three in some kind of different order come the end of the season. Below them, Newport have won seven of their last nine games at home. They're in the playoffs. Uh, they won 2-1 against Carlisle at the weekend. Luton, Southend and Plymouth are in there. Uh, Luton knocked out of the uh, FA Cup at the weekend. Southend and Plymouth both got draws. Down at the bottom, Tranmere got battered by Swansea. They're back in the relegation zone, are they? Yes, they are. That's because Dagenham and Redbridge, who hadn't won or scored since they beat Bury in November, beat Bury 1-0. Um, in January to move out of the relegation zone. I was there on Saturday. I thought our little um, our sort of horror run was over after a mini revival over Christmas, uh, but it wasn't to be on Saturday. Um, we did everything but score, hit the post, two off the line, missed sitters, clear penalty given as a dive, daylight robbery, but we've lost nine games already. That's a lot if you want to be promoted. Mm. And something's got a, I don't know, the way we're going, I'm not even sure we're going to make the playoffs. So we just need to get a run going of some descript at some point soon. Do you think uh, Flickcroft will last the season? I, I, carries think, on? I think he will. I you mean, sent me a text from your mate who was oh, yeah, did. with rage. I forgot, yeah. But so he's out of his depth. Yeah, yeah, but I wouldn't. Just a bit harsh. Yeah, well, yeah, just a bit. <laughs> well, seventh. Um, but yeah, I mean, the money, I think the, the argument... You're eighth, you're eighth, eighth, eighth sorry, yeah. right, The on. argument is um, that obviously the money that's been invested, as David Conn himself has written about, um, in assembling a squad which is one of the best three squads should be replicated mm. by league position. And we're quite a way off that at the minute. So, um, And we've got quite a t- tough uh, January coming. We've got Wickham, we've got Accrington away, then we've got Wickham who are top at home. So um, maybe we'll have a bit more of a clearer idea in the next couple of weeks. Um, and, and mentioning Accrington, the um, the commemorative tickets for the Manchester United game, which didn't actually take place. Do you know about this? I did see something about it, but, but tell me more. Accrington fans can buy for £20 a ticket for a game between Accrington and Manchester United, tickets which were printed before the, the replay between Yeovil and Accrington. So they can buy commemorative tickets for a game that didn't take place. He's just looking at me blankly. I am, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm snapping them up. I saw David Lloyd Bumble on Twitter, the big Accrington fan was defending, defending it today, saying people don't need to buy them. Um, and a lot of Premier League sort of fans have been Hang a bit a minute. sniffy so about it. They're buying tickets for... It's like it's like a, a way of helping the club. You can, you can buy a commemorative ticket for 
like printed. If they had got through, for if they had got through, I thought it was like when I just I just saw the headline on Twitter. I thought it was like some sort of game once upon a time that never happened due to tragic circumstances. <laughs> it was the replay, the cut. That's a, that's ridiculous. Yeah, so they printed the tickets, you know, because they had to play. Just make things up. Yeah, he's a program for a game that we could have had if we'd beaten several teams in a cup competition and got through to the final absolutely um, I say good on him good on him um, let's have a fantasy football update a, the DVD as well yeah that might be a little bit more tricky um, fantasy football we are going up season 4 update how am I doing uh, what's your team called we are what is it Waggy Wanderers you're not in the top 10 mate um, oh. Escort Eagles in 10 uh, Carl's in 9 with his FC to Tropicana La Bisbal supporter at 8 Bowker FC at 7 Rosie 47 at 6 all roads as in Jordan lead to Rome at 5 Salajan City at four, one size fits all at three. He's uh, just recently retired, actually, fits all. Oh, has he? Yeah. Oh, that's sad to hear. Uh, Bilak at two, or Black at two, and the Muppets, Manamanam, at number one, uh, 914 points. I don't like that because we can't actually see whose teams those are on the. Uh, on the, the league table but anyway um, that's uh, that's the fantasy football and just a, a recap of what we said at the start of the show um, if you do want to help us out and help us fund this podcast uh, in 2015 audible.co.uk slash going up you get a free 30 day trial uh, you can download any audio book you want for now completely free perfect for if you're getting fit for the new year and doing lots of running uh, also if you fancy a bet on the football at the weekend we are going up.co.uk basically if you go to the homepage scroll to the bottom all the offers are on there so if you click on any perfect for if you haven't changed your ways from the old game just <laughs> yeah. still wasting money on gambling like me and you um if you bet a fiver you get a 20 quid free bet if you sign up for a brand new account there please do follow the link from the website though uh, to do it um football pools finally if you sign up right now get eight out of ten results for uh, from this weekend's games correct uh, then uh, you can win huge amounts of money just uh, go to wearego.co.uk click on the football pools at the bottom of the page to sign up now the social media links of your brand new listener our facebook page is facebook.com slash wagyu podcast same for instagram instagram.com slash wagyu podcast and the twitter is at wagyu podcast and the website is we are going up.co.uk now just to finish the show uh, before christmas you uh, went on like a tudor day out i believe <laughs> i did um, well, we, we both we, i don't know we both had similarly stupid days so i just thought we'd, we'd end by mentioning this you went and got drunk um with your friends in london visiting loads of Tudor places, yeah. basically. Yeah, drinking mead. Excellent. How? Um, and I uh, was in York on uh, the Saturday before Christmas, and I recorded a single. Uh, of course you did. Of course I did. Yeah. Basically, I, I sort of do this day where me and a load of mates sort of stick a load of money in a pot and a few of them get to decide How what we're doing How would you describe the day, day Mark? Uh, what do you mean? Well, what kind of day was it? Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> So slow, sorry. Um, it was a perfect day. Um, Lou Reed, perfect day. We went to a recording studio in New York. We didn't know this was happening until about two minutes before we went in there. Um, we also played that um, futsal, that, you know, when you sit in the pod and you all play football and you bash into each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is dangerous, let me tell you. Not futsal. Futsal is completely Yeah, different. yeah, but no, it was in a futsal arena, but it's oh, right. where you get in the pods and you all in the bang big, into each other. Yeah, yeah. inflatable so things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we did that first and then we went and recorded our version of Lou Reed and Perfect Day we all had our own line would you like to hear a little snippet of it I'd love to to end the show okay um, so I'll tell you what we'll play the beginning here so have a little listen to this this is the start of it just a perfect day drink sangria in the park then later when it gets dark we go home that's absolutely ridiculous. I wouldn't be able to do that without putting on the voice of Heather Small, yes. Gabrielle, or Gabrielle. Dr. John. Okay. Oh, um, such a perfect day. Would you like to hear my line? So we all had a line each. I'm going to play this in now. Here we go. Weekenders on our own. It's such fun. It's, it's all right. <laughs> Oh, Simon Cowell over there. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm putting you through to the next round. I'm Better go- than some, though. Who was the one with the terrible auto-tune? That was uh, my mate Charles. Why yeah. do you need auto-tune? How bad do you have to be? I don't know. We sat in the recording studio and the guy... Was played- he really funny? Like, no, come on, not having <laughs> that, mate. You've got to sort that out. Um, so we're going to play you out with a little bit of this. Uh, ridiculous and a way to end the first show of 2015. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we will keep you updated as to when the next show is. Probably next week or the week after, I would imagine. Uh, the fixtures coming. It's like doing your own cup final song in a way. It is. People it is. could do that. You should find out. Find out these guys where you did it with. Yes. We'll plug them on here. Okay. As that could be a new thing, couldn't it? Sort of Sign cup. up and get yourself a half price cup final song. Well, another sponsor. You and your mate. Yeah, Sheffield okay. United fans are eat it up. Right. Let's uh, let's play it with uh, a bit of this. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time on We Are Going Up. Ring, ring, ring. Yo.
is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.